good to be here. Wow, that's loud, but you might want to turn me down because I get excited. What can I say? But you know one thing I got excited about today? In the middle of worship? You know, sometimes we can have things all around us every week and we don't see it. Freedom. It's who I am. Can we say that this morning? Freedom. It's who I am. Now say it like you mean it. Freedom. It's who I am. And there's another thing that's up here every week. And I've had had church over here. And I started reading this, and I even wrote it down. Because I don't, my, I have a good mind, and I will remember this. She's, I'm not going to contradict the pastor, but just listen to this. Okay, and I'm going to ask you to do something. I know sometimes you go, don't tell me to close my eyes. But I'm going to ask you. Close your eyes. Listen to these words. Because this is what God is saying to all of us. No man can stop what I am going to do. My presence will pour out. It will pour out on my people who press in for my presence. Press in and I will pour out. Press in and I will shake the things that hold you in prison, that hold you captive. They will burst off your life. They will be destroyed by my presence and my glory. If my glory is here, that means I have manifested myself. But you must press in. You must want me as much as I want you. There is victory in my presence. There is victory in my glory. Victory. I say you win. You win. And most of all, I win because I get you. I get you. Amen? Amen. Woo, that's good. That's good. Oh, come on. That's good. That's good. And you know, go ahead and put that slide up there, sis. You know one thing you might want to do before you leave today? Write that down. So that when that pressure starts coming in on you, say that. When you get up in the morning, now I, I don't want to say I confess. I sometimes have trouble in the morning. And I get up and I just go, instead of I say, good morning, Lord, I say, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> you know? And, I don't, and my motor just is not really running. But let me tell you, you get up and you declare that, if your motor doesn't run, you need to go to a mechanic. Because it's good stuff, amen? I don't know who put that up there, but thank you. Because that was for me today. That was for me. Glory, glory to God. Now, I know that I am a list person. But I do this for your protection. Okay? Otherwise, we will have lunch and dinner together today. And so I don't want to do that for you. But if you want to have lunch and dinner with me, I am welcome. And I will share until your ears bleed. Okay? Because God is doing something. I am so, so blessed to be here today. Woo! Woo!
I discovered there's two seasons in the Amazon. It's hot and rainy. It rains every day. No kid. And sometimes it rains buckets and buckets every day. Because we're in the rainy season, and right now the Amazon is runneth over. Okay, even in Manacapuru, there's parts of the city that are, that are flooded. But then there's a second season. It's hot, and it's not raining. <laughs> Coming up soon in October, we'll have the blessed experience of have having the average temperature of 115 to 120. Everybody say, Glory! <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> that's what you're going to say. Glory! I'm not there. But that's okay, because in Jesus' name, there'll be less of me, and so it'll be less of me to sweat. And so, but it'll be all good. It'll be all good. But I'm excited about sharing about what's going on. But also, uh, I want you to see right there on both sides. Um, and say what, sister? I don't know, but sit down and I'll talk to you and I have some good stuff to say. It's really good. Do you know where I've been? I've been in Brazil. You want to hear about Brazil? Good, have a seat. Let me show you. Oh, right over here on this side, that's a logo that Kay made for us. Okay? And it's called Amazon.language. That's what I'm doing. I'm teaching English. And there on the right, this is supposed to be blue. It has a little bit of a purple tint. Okay? But this is what's on the back of my shirt. This is going to be, this is Amazon.languages, which means you'll see the flag on the left, that's a Colombian flag. We have some Colombians in our church, and they're going to be teaching Spanish. Then we have the Brazilian flag in the middle, and let me tell you, Portuguese is hard. If anybody says they're not, they're lying. Okay? It's hard. And there's a lot of kids in our area, in our neck of the woods, that's having trouble with Portuguese. So we're going to have a Portuguese class, and I may sneak in there and help myself. Okay, and then we have the American flag, which is the English. And you'll see there's three different animals up there. You've got on the, on the Colombian side, I believe that's a condor. Okay, is that right, Kay? Okay, where's Kay? Hi, Kay. Okay, is that a condor? Okay, we'll call it a condor. Okay. Oh, really? Well, she'll be here. No sweat. And then, they have a, then we have a jaguar. Jaguar is common in Brazil. And then, of course, we have the American eagle. And so it is so cool. It is so cool, you know. But can, I, can we just do something for me? Can we just give a big hand for Kay and for her using her gifts for the kingdom of God? Amen. Because, because of what she's doing, we go anywhere in Manacapuru in our shirts that should be blue but have a little purple tint to it, okay? We go around Manacapuru all the time. This is what we wear with jeans or with these black, whatever you call them, sweatpants. And do you know that in every store that we go to, they know who we are? And it's partly because you used your gift. Everywhere, every time we go to the grocery store. And you know what? That's the power of a logo. And you know what? We don't want people to say, oh, there's Lisa. I want to say, there's Amazon.languages. And do you know that almost every day, and I may repeat this, almost every day we go out, someone goes, hey, I want to do the English class. I want to do the English class. Now, for those of you who were here last week, heard Caleb say about his style of evangelism. Anybody remember the word he used? Agricultural. 
That means you plant it, you water it, you take time, and it's developed. And that's what we do, okay? And that's what we're doing in Monaco, Peru. Go ahead and change that for me. But let me tell you, first of all, our English classes are going great, okay? They're fantastic. God's favor is all over it. And, and let me tell you, Nayada and I are honored to be a part of it. And can I just do something right now? I'm going to back brag on Nayada. That's Nayada right up there. I'm in the ball cap, but there's Nayada. A year ago, Nayada didn't know English. Now she's fluent. And she is doing a wonderful job in translating for me, but also for assisting me in my teaching. And I am so, so proud of her. Now, the house that you see there, it's kind of a, a different color. That looks a little mustardy, okay? But it's, in real life, it's a little limey, okay? But, so you can't really tell the color. But that is the house. Right there to the left is the church. So, I mean, I'm, even, I'm living closer to the church than even the missionary apartment, okay? I mean, it's like, reach out and touch, brother. It's like right there. And so anything that happens in the church, we hear about it. So you know what? No sleeping in for this chick, okay? Because I hear the music, the message, and the prayers, all right? But that's, that's the building that uh, ARS and many of you all help to, to help to build. And then down below, you see the water tower. We get the blessings of the, of the water every day. And so that just kind of gives you a little bit of a thumbnail about where we are. Go ahead, sis. Now, this semester, we had 18 classes. We had over 117 students. Now, we were very accommodating in our scheduling, okay? If somebody came up and said, oh, I can't meet here, can I meet here? And we said yes. And at the end of the semester, we penciled it, and we figured out we were working 115 hours a week. Everybody said glory. Glory. And you know what? God gave us strength. God gave us joy. We, had, we were blessed. We had a great time, and at the end of the semester, we kind of collapsed. And then we realized, okay, you know, we're going to make changes for next semester, no sweat. But uh, it worked out great, and we had a blast. We had classes in Manacapuru, which remember, Manacapuru is southwest of Manaus, along the river. Remember, there's two rivers. It's the Amazon. is consisted of the Salamoints and the Negro. We're on the Salamoints side. And Manacapuru... It's about 80 to 85,000. And you think, whoa, man, that's really big. Yeah, it's really spread out, okay? There's probably no building over three stories. Very few are three stories. Most of them are two stories. So it's like really, really spread out. Uh, they do have a little bit of difficulty in the road maintenance. <coughs> they have potholes that will eat Hondas for lunch, Okay. And uh, a lot of people try to dodge the potholes, and that's all cool and great. And, and, you know, you think, how'd you lose your weight? Oh, I just rode in a car. <laughs> you know, and just up, down, sideways, and every which way you go. And so it's, it's, it's man, it makes me dance. You know, I'm kind of loosening up my moves, you know, just riding in the car. I'm so glad this is not on video. Nayada, just eat your heart out. <laughs> but anyway... Um, we also go to a community that's about an hour away, but it's still considered in Manacapuru proper, and it's called Bella Vista, yeah, just like Arkansas, and it's right along the river, and uh, those people are very, very precious, and you'll see right here on the, the middle one that I'm with a little girl named Sarah, and then over here on the right, 
Nyata's talking to two people and then this. Those are classes that are in Bella Vista. We go on Fridays, we teach two classes, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then the, the picture down below here on the uh, bottom left, that's part of the ones in the public school, which go ahead and we'll do the next slide. We are very excited. We have an opportunity to go into a public school, one public school. And actually a friend of ours works there. And so she and Pastor Rogerio uh, op- just talked to the director and boom, we had an opportunity. And we go there three days. This last semester we went three days. We had three different classes because it's by law required that they have to teach English. But the difficulty is that many of the teachers that teach English can't speak English. Some of them can teach, they can speak a little bit, but they, but they do it a lot by video. So therefore, it's, it's a little tough uh, for the students. And you know what? The students have to take a test called a vestibular test. It's like ACT on steroids, okay? It's very difficult. And for them to do well, they have to do well in English. And sometimes that's very, very hard to do. Our classes are two hours long. We have completed like eight weeks with the public school kids, and that is more than they get in a year. But yet they did it in eight weeks. Again, praise God, praise God. We were given uh, a bilingual Portuguese-English Gospel of John. We put it on the table and said, hey, if you want one of these, uh, you're welcome to get Boom, they were gone. Planting that seed, baby. Planting that seed. But also, go ahead and turn that. Also, we do something that we use this. In the public school, we do a devotion every time we meet together. And we're using the character first material. It's free. All you have to do is put the little blurb on there that says character first, and you are free to use it. So what I did is I developed this card. And this one particular one is determination. One side, we do English. The other side, we do Portuguese. And the kind of the cool thing about it was that when we started doing this, uh, we relate it to school. We relate it to family. We relate it to jobs. So, for example, like with determination, to set the right goals. I told them, I said, hey, gang, if you're expecting to be fluent in English in two weeks, forget it. Unless it's a direct God intervention, it's not going to happen. But one thing you have to do is you have to set the right goals. It has to be realistic. You have to get moving. In other words, study. You want to learn how to teach, or you want to learn how to speak English? Study. You want to learn how to, to know science? Study. Don't expect it to be given to you. You know, and I mean, I talk straight to kids. Those of you who know me know I do that. Okay, then we go down, face challenges. Hey, it's not going to be easy. And now I tell everybody, I'm learning Portuguese. Dude, that's so hard. Okay, and uh, one thing was really funny because the word for um, difficult is difícil. Okay, well, I was saying it difícil because I thought that's the way you said it. Until one time, Nayada comes up and she pinches my cheek and she goes, What little bit is it difícil? Is it difficile? Because that's what little kids say. And I go, oh, dang. So now all of a sudden, all she has to do, anywhere I am, if I start saying a word and she pinches her cheek, then I know that, okay, I'm saying it like a little kid. Difficile. Difficile. 
Okay? But one thing I have to do, I tell the kids, listen, I'm learning your language. It's going to be hard. I'm going to make mistakes, but that's okay. Just like what uh, Lisa said. You just get up, brush yourself off, and keep moving. I'm not going to stop because... And I've even preached in Portuguese. God bless their ears. You know? And I had Nayada right there, and she, you know, she was there, and she says, okay. And I, and I grabbed her arm. I went, mm-mm. And then every now and then I'd hit a word. You know, for example, okay, this is off my notes. I'm going off-road here a little bit. Do you know what the word for soda in Portuguese is? It's not soda. S-O-D-A. Four letters. Soda. In Portuguese, it's refrigerante. Can I tell you, it took me 16 weeks to say refrigerante. And then I just go Coca-Cola. You know, that's easier. But you know what? I had to say this word because of our curriculum. And the kids laughed because the first time I did it, you talk about embarrassing. I mean, I'm in front of people, adults, professional people, youth, children, and they all know their language. And I'm going, because <coughs> this is a part of our curriculum. This is off-roading. I'm not going to do this. But there's one part where we do this repeat. And so I go, okay, I, I drink soda. And they go, I drink soda. And then we do this repeat thing, and then eventually I have to say it in Portuguese, and they have to say it in English. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the words. Hmm. And I go, Eu bebo refrigerante. And then, you know, I didn't say it all the right time. All the, I mean, I didn't say it right all the time. And the kids went, <laughs> And I went, it is funny, isn't it? Refrigerante. Now say soda. And then I say, say hamburger. Hamburger. Oh, you can say hamburger. But they can't say hamburger. And so we have a lot of fun in a lot of the classes. But one of the things that we do with this, we give it to every one of the students. So every week, we give them a different character quality. Every week, we're challenging them. Be attentive. Be loyal. Be determined. Be diligent. And we relate it to school, home, and their job employment. Now, what's cool is that the director of the school, uh, I, don't, I don't recall her name right at this point, but we were sharing with her about what we were doing. And she immediately turned to our friend and she said, Hey, I want to do this with every one of our teachers and I want to do it for all of our school and all of our students. Okay, it started 20, 25 students. That's who we're working with. Guess how many kids are in that one school? 1,000. You talk about God's multiplication. And I mean, oh, we're just, you know, here's this little gringa from Oklahoma and this girl from Minas Gerais. They call them, they call them Minas. I'm like, oh, okay. Minas Gerais. That's the state where Nayada's from. And here we too are. And now all of a sudden, boom, we get to influence a thousand students. Isn't God good? I didn't plan that. I didn't go, okay, we are going to go into school and we are going to influence a thousand students. No. That's God opening the door. That's God opening the door. And so we're really, really super duper excited about that. And teachers are coming to us and saying, I want to take your class. <laughs> sure. That sounds great. I have another English professor that, that is coming to our class. And he sometimes, he goes, he goes, really? And I go, yeah. 
Hey, his name's Ian. You know what? God's favor. God's opening doors all over the place. Now, go ahead and change the slide. But let me tell you about one of our students. Now, this is actually on Skype. The last two weeks, I've had to do our classes via Skype. I love technology, okay? Now, this girl right here, her name is Luana. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's in her last year of school. She's had a very difficult life. And you talk about what you said, Pastor. Her and her, her mother and her sister are bipolar. And they're manic right now. She's very quiet, but she's very, very smart. Luana is. And she takes her studies very seriously. The other day, actually it was this day right here, she opened up to Nayada and I about her family for the first time. And this is eight weeks into the semester, okay? She opened up and she allowed us to pray with her. One step at a time, baby. One step at a time. Sometimes you don't need to talk. Sometimes you just need to listen and pray. And so that's what we did. And you know what she's planning on doing? She's going to be a neurosurgeon. Whoa! I'm sitting there going, whoa, you're one of those smart people. You know, and so we have neurosurgeons, lawyers. I mean, whole, these kids are smart. And so we're blessed. Go ahead and change the slide. We have, uh, we've had a police officer, university, school professors. We have the regional director of World Vision. We have salespeople, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, students, children, a pastor's wife along with Pastor Ogerio and his wife in our classes in the afternoons and the evenings there at the mission house. But we also have developed a relationship, go to the next one, to our taxi driver. Now the taxi driver is far there on the right. His name's Evandro. God just put us together. And again, I'm telling you that sometimes when God gives you a, a mission, yes, you need to focus in on that mission, but don't be afraid and don't limit God to where he wants to use you to influence the people that are around you. He's not in my class, but he is our taxi driver. And praise God for taxi drivers. Okay? They have a lot of motor scooters. Scooters, you know, the little, you know, little lawnmower kind of scooters. Grandma has a scooter. Grandpa has a scooter. Little kid has a scooter. Then you have motorcycles. Then they have family of five on one motorcycle. And then they go in between all the cars and the trucks and the semis and the buses. And then you have the cars. Let me tell you, this gringa is not going to be driving soon in, <laughs> in Monaco, Peru, because it is one scary thing. But let me tell you a little bit about Ivandro. Her, his car looks like it came off the showroom every day. It is clean, and he knows everywhere about everything, and he doesn't charge us, I don't think, what he normally charges. But we've developed a very, very neat friendship with him, and we were blessed this last Easter. He came, and this is actually the day of, we went to this big uh, um, Easter presentation in Manaus, and he and his wife gave their heart to Jesus that day. And so we were very, amen. God is good. And so we are looking forward to having, developing a deeper relationship, really finding out where they are in the Lord and discipling them. So we're pretty jazzed. Go ahead. Now this next summer, or next semester, we're going to be making some changes in our schedule so that we can live beyond 2018 <laughs> and be able to go there. But also we're wanting to consolidate our class so we can 
accommodate people that are at the store, that are the cash registers, that are the people at our gym that said, I want to take your class. And, of course, I don't tell them, this is my first year. I don't tell them that. You know, all they see is a gringa who can speak English, and I want to know how to do it. And so we're going to be doing that. But we're also looking forward to doing one thing. We're going to go to the school. Instead of doing it three separate days, we're going to go and spend a whole day at the school. And we're going to offer two classes in the morning for students who go to class in the afternoon. We're going to take our lunch. We're going to hang with the students. Now, let me tell you, this school is not Christian. There's a lot of gang activity in Manakapuru. Some of these kids look tough as nails. But you know what? The love of Jesus. Melt that down. They already know us because we're wearing these purple shirts. And so we just go, ah, bon dia, bon dia, bon dia, botarji, botarji, botarji. And then sometimes I say botarji when I should say bon dia. And then <laughs> Nayada goes, oh, it's bon dia. It's no and the kids just laugh because you know why? I'm trying. I'm trying to communicate with them. So we're going to go one day. And we're going to just hang out at the school. But then also we're looking at doing this. <laughs> now, if this white girl could dance, I'd dance right now. Okay? Because what we're doing is because we had teachers that came to us that want to learn how to, teach, how to speak English, we're going to go and we're going to offer a class in the morning from 10 to 12 for the teachers who teach in the afternoon. We're going to have lunch, hang out with the students and the teachers. And then in the afternoon, we're going to do another class from 1 to 3 for the teachers who teach in the afternoon or in the morning. And so not only now has God given us the opportunity to be with adults, to be with students, now we get to be with the teachers and the staff. Can anybody say amen? amen. I am so jazzed. I just cannot tell you how jazzed I am. And so we're very, very excited about that. But also, look at another slide. And you've seen this picture before, but don't worry about me. Don't worry about Nayada. I want you to see the little lady in the red. Her name is Fatima, I think. Okay, we'll call her that, okay? Fatima. Fatima is the librarian. When we're, de- when we're teaching the class in the school, that's where we meet. And do you know what she's done? She's just been sitting along the sidelines. And what we do is we give her all the handouts. We give her everything that we give her. We treat her like one of the students. So you know what she's doing? She's learning English. And so the first time in her life, she's learning and she's having an opportunity that she never would before. And she is so cool. Fatima. And if she, her name's not Fatima. God knows her name. Okay? But she's a really, really cool person. All right? Next one. Next slide. Now, the people of Monica, Peru, they're very simple. All right? They're very simple, down-to-earth people. They would be at home in Oklahoma. What you see is what you get. Okay? But sometimes they're a little slow on opening the door of their heart. You know, you got... They're, they're a little closed, and so you've got to take time to get to know them. But once they get to know you, then it's like, baby, you're family. Come on over and let's have some beans and rice and fish. And I go, praise God for beans and rice, because this girl don't eat fish. Yet. Okay, everybody say yet. In Jesus' name, yet. Because fish is cheap, and it's plentiful there. Okay, they've got a billion species. Anybody here like the fish? Oh, y'all come to Monica, Peru. Because let me tell you, the fishing is good. You might get a little bit of piranha in there, but it's, but it's okay. No problem. Huh? 
Oh, well, I don't have a boat. That's, a, that's up to you, brother. All I know is I go, I go, I touch the Amazon. <laughs> it's like when we went down the river just not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the guy, the pilot of the boat, I'm off-roading. Okay, praise God. I'm off-roading. And, and they had this spotlight. And so they go, you know, and I'm, I'm, and you know, we're getting on the boat, which I'll tell you a story in a minute. It's off-roading. God, I just can't help it. I hadn't even gotten to the word yet. But anyway, um, we would see these little glowing things. And the pilot through Nyada told me, you know what that is? Hmm. Those are alligators. They call them caiman. I went, hmm, you stay there. I'll stay here. We are okay. But I'm telling you, they are like fluorescent eyeballs. And they're all over the place. So I just say, Jesus, if something happens to this boat, or if I fall over this boat, I'm coming to you in a rapture situation. Okay? I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to I don't want to go, hello, hello. You know, it's like sharks. You hit them on the nose. And I'm just sitting there. I don't want that experience. Thank you very much. You know, I don't want to be filleted by piranha. I mean, you know, now all you guys are going, you think I'm going to take a youth group trip? To? No. We just don't go there. We just don't go there. But let me just tell you, the people are incredible. And I just want to say this to you. Go ahead. Let's see what happens next. Those of you who know me, I just got to tell you something. I have never been happier in my life. Never. And I've been happy. Of course, you know, it's like you're happy when you have a child, then you're happy when they go to school, then you're happy when they graduate, and then they're happy when they get married and get out of the house. And then, you know, you get all these happy points, and you think you couldn't be happier. And I know that down the road I'll probably say, you know, I said I was happier than I've ever been in my life. Nah, uh, I'm happier now. But let me tell you, I don't know how I can be happier. Now, life is hard there. It's inconvenient. And for all my Monica Peru friends who are going to listen to this, no offense, no offense, okay? I love you, I love you, I love you. But it's dirty, trashy. It's hot. And then it's muddy. The ruts are this big. It'll eat your car. The gang activity is bad. We had a murder not just a half a block from my house. I heard the gunshots. We don't go walking up and down the street. I'm the only gringa, I think, there. Okay, in 80,000 80, people, I'm it. So every time I walk, they notice me. Okay, it's like I'm used to being stared at. I, can't, I got into the States, and it's like I felt alone. <laughs> Hello! Because I walk down the street and I'm, 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 walk, I'm trying to learn how to not walk. And they said, Lisa, you walk like a gringa. I, go, I said, what does a gringa walk like? And they say, you, you walk with your head up, your shoulders are up, and you're going with purpose. So I'm going, okay, I'm going to slouch. I'm going <laughs> to kind of look this way. But you know what? Doesn't matter how tan I get, I'm gringa. Okay? But I love it there. When I left in December, some of you that don't know me, I'm 58 years old and I'm proud of it, baby. Because I've lived it and I've made it. And I'm going to turn to that 59 soon, okay? I've lived four years outside of Stillwater. 
So I'm a Stillwater-ite, okay? And so when I left, I got about as far as Lake Carl Blackwell, Rhonda Madison took me. And I asked her at Lake Carl Blackwell, I said, turn off the road, just, just, just go off the side for a minute. So I don't remember if it was cold. I think it was a little cold that night. And I got out of the car, I said, give me a minute. And I looked back at Stillwater and I saw the lights. And I love Stillwater, okay? I love it. It's where I was born and raised. I'm a poke. Going, go pokes! You know, I mean, I was just, I was just cheering, you know, still will. But I got outside the car and I looked at the thing and I said, okay! <laughs> I'm scared, God. I'm nervous. Never done this. Never been here. Here we go. And I said, but, but God, and I started to, like I was brushing dust off my arms. Someone shake the dust off. Did it on my legs. Did it off my chest. I said, Lord, I don't want to hold on to anything that's going to prevent, prevent me from embracing the things that you have before me. And I didn't have any experience I just did that by faith can I tell you that in the seven months since I've been gone I have not been homesick one day now that's a miracle those of you who know that's a miracle because I love this place but since I've been back I have been homesick every day for Monica Peru because I know that's where God wants me I know that's where he is. And so one of the things that happens, go ahead and flip the thing, and that you just don't have to worry about it anymore. But I had an issue come up with my visa. They told me that uh, you could get my I could get my visa status changed in country. The guy was mistaken. We tried lots of different areas. I heard of testimonies in this church family, and I was going, amen, amen, let it be for me, Lord. And it uh, didn't happen. So when it came up to the point that I had to come back, both Nayada and I were not happy. You know what? She did not sign up to leave Bella Horizonte to go to the Amazon to be by herself and to lead the classes. She didn't sign up for that. So we had a couple of rough days. I, told, I even texted Pastor when I wasn't doing so well. Because it seemed like this unexpected event happened at the worst time. Because, guys, doors are flying open. We're probably going to be doing seminars for the teachers in the entire city. Okay? I mean, God's just, God's just saying, oh, you want more? Okay, okay, okay. You know, I want to use you, Lisa. You think you've been stretched in youth ministry? Baby, you're going to be rubber band girl. Okay? You're going to be, woo, woo, and he's going to stretch you. Okay? But I'm like, bring it. Because I want my life to count. Amen? And I want your life to count. But in life, unexpected things happen. Even when it looks. Because we're moving and grooving, baby. And, and it just, and all of a sudden it was like, Aah! and during those days, the Lord ministered to me a word that's very simple, very familiar. Pastor even alluded to it just a little bit ago and I want to share this with you in the time that I have left and I call it when unexpected things happen you know the best messages you can ever preach is where you're living okay 
It's not dead meat. It's not spoiled, stinky rot. It's like, this is where I am. I am preaching to Lisa. You're just getting some of the drippings, okay, this morning. If you have your Bible, don't worry about putting it up on the screen, okay? But in Mark 4, chapter 35, or chapter 35, there is no chapter 35 in Mark. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, we see the story that Pastor alluded to, and that is when Jesus calmed the storm. Let me read it to you, and I think this is out of uh, my bilingual Bible, which I think is like today's version or whatever. But it says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was, and in the boat, uh, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the waves, or then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And I also did some reading in the Luke chapter 8 as well as in Matthew chapter 8 that has this same story. Now, when we look at the Sea of Galilee, I really don't understand because I'm not all that smart, and uh, that is, why do they call it a sea? Because it's just a lake, okay? But it's called the Sea of Galilee. It's 33 miles in circumference, and it's about 13 miles long and about little over eight miles wide but it's israel's largest freshwater lake so here they are jesus said we're going to the other side so now they are on the way to the other side and this big storm hits so funny the other night because let me tell you oklahoma has big storms amen i know it but let me tell you in this house that we're living it's got a tin roof so when these monsoon storms come up in in uh, monaco peru almost every day I mean, there's some days that, uh, and I hope I don't break the mic here, but it's like the rain comes down so hard that I have to go, Nayana, are you here? I can't see you. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's just very loud. And they come up very suddenly. I mean, one time it's going to be like blue sky, and I'm like, cool, no rain today. We go in the store, we come out, and we're drowned rats, okay? And so this storm happened just like this on the Sea of Galilee. The storm hits, boom, unexpected event. It just happened. Now, we know what it's like to have storms here, physical storms. But there are unexpected things that happen in our life. Sickness, job, family, whatever it is. We all have unexpected things that happen. And our response can many times be just like the disciples. I mean, I could relate, all right? Look at the disciples. They were scared. They were frightened. Now, remember, these are seasoned fishermen. These aren't little weekend people to go out to Boomer Lake. No, these are seasoned fishermen. Well, they got scared to their bone. And they thought, We 
are going to die. Maybe they heard of stories about people who have died in these kind of sudden storms on the Sea of Galilee. But this storm was out of their control. Guys, this visa thing is out of my control. By law, on a tourist visa, you cannot be there longer than six months in a calendar year. Out of my hands. We tried every which way we could. It's out of my hands. It's out of control. And a lot of times, when those unexpected things happen, we hate that feeling of being out of control. I'm a control freak. Oh, let me say this. I'm a reformed control freak. Okay? Because in Brazil, you don't control anything. Okay? I, I, I can't even go to the store by myself. I don't want to. Okay? But it's like, I've had this appendage right here. Her name's Nayada. Okay? And, and I feel a little lost. And I'm a twin, okay? I mean, I've been with somebody since the womb. I bet you can't say that, okay? So, I mean, and so when, I, when we had to deal with this, this was out of our control. We couldn't do anything about it. And one thing that happens when we feel out of control, a lot of times fear is the one emotion that just rises up and tries to seize you. And the disciples went from being scared to, woo! Have you ever done these storms? Like, whoa! I mean, we had some lightning in Bella Vista one time. But, I mean, it was so loud. It was like the flash crash. You could feel tingly. And they have a tin roof, too. I don't like tin roofs. Okay? And then when the lightning was going, I mean, and it was loud. We, I mean, I was yelling just to be heard two feet away. Okay? And I mean, you know how you, you know, hear a storm, you go, whoa, yeah, did you hear that? Well, they went from that to, we're going to die. And that's what fear will do. It'll move you to the worst possible scenario. Okay? These disciples thought they were going to die. Remember, these are seasoned fishermen. These are not weenies. Okay? They honestly thought they could do. When fear goes unchecked, the worst possible thing becomes possible in your mind. Did y'all hear that? That was good. When fear goes unchecked, the worst possible thing becomes possible in our minds. Now, one of the things in, in Mark's gospel in one of the translations I read, it even said, don't you care that we're going to drown? So then it not only went, we're going to die, but it also accused Jesus of not caring. And a lot of times, I did this to my father one time. I failed the test. I studied hard. I went home, sat in the table. My mother was there. My dad's over here. My dad, you know, it was like selective hearing. I love my dad. They're both passed away, so I'm not talking evil, Okay. And so I went over the test table and I sat down. Mom goes, how'd you do on the test? Well, Mom, I failed it. Daddy, on the other side of the room, what's that? <laughs> and I got up and I went, <clears throat> I didn't do so well. No, that's not what you said. And I said, well, I, I failed it, Daddy. And I got up and, he went on and he was talking about, Lisa, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter your opinion. 
You know, you didn't do what you needed to do. And I got mad. And I know you don't think that I could ever get mad, but I do. And all of a sudden, I just went, well, Daddy, that's not fair. He didn't have the instructions. See, I'm doing all the excuses. And then all of a sudden, I that, that started getting up. And you know what I did? Daddy, you just don't care. And I was like this. And then he got up. And I went like this. <laughs> and, I, and I sat down. You see, I said it out of fear and out of frustration. I doubted the love of my father. My mother then told me the next day that he didn't sleep a wink that night. (laughs) Hard lesson to learn. But the disciples got to that point. Don't you even care that we're going to drown? But meanwhile, Jesus is sleeping. I mean, he's chilling to the max what a contrast and what a powerful reminder here's a good one spoiler alert this is good circumstances do not have to determine our peace hello circumstances do not have to determine our peace Jesus knew his life had a mission and a purpose and his father was in control and nothing was going to mess that up. But when the disciples woke him up in a panic, and I mean, they were in a full-fledged panic, flesh-out moment, okay? I won't won't ask you to raise your hand because everybody in this room would have to raise their hand and I don't want to call you out as a liar because all of us have had those flesh-out moments. All of us. But you know what Jesus did? He didn't, he didn't just jump up and go, ah! He didn't join in their panic. He just got up and told the wind to be quiet. Shh! Be quiet. Jesus did not react. He responded. Jesus did not react. He responded. When I think of react, it's like, if somebody shoves me, I want to go, <laughs> I want to shove them back. You slap me, I'm like, I'm not a violent person, but that's just a natural thing, okay? <laughs> I've never hit anybody, and I certainly don't want to be hit by somebody. But you know what? When I think of that word react, that's what I think of. <laughs> but when you think of respond, you think of a deliberate course of action. Again, Jesus got up. Jesus told the wind to stop, and it stopped. Then he turned his attention to the disciples. Just imagine what they felt. I mean, I mean, Jesus gets up. He didn't yell. He doesn't yell at them. You know, he just gets up and goes, tells the wind to be quiet, and all of a sudden, it's quiet, and then all of a sudden, he turns to look at him. I don't know about you, but I'd be kind of doing like I did with my dad, like, <clears throat> but there's no place to go because they're in a boat. Okay? And he turns his attention to his disciples and asks, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? These are powerful questions for us. In my situation, the Lord has reminded me, wait, what are you afraid of? I told you all that a year ago in January, a year ago January, God told me, I got you. And, and, and I know that you think, I'm not trying to be cool or, you know, 
be culturally relevant or whatever when I do this with my hands, but that's what God did to me. I got you, Lise. Here I am in Belo Horizonte by myself trying to find this restaurant, and I'm scared to death, and I don't know where I'm going, and the Lord said, I got you. A month ago, he said, Lisa, I've got you. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So when these unexpected events come in our lives, we can choose to panic, to think of the worst possible outcome, to doubt, to react instead of responding, and to live in fear. That is our choice. You can do that if you want to. And in my unexpected event of having to come back to the States, I love the United States. I love my country. Every time I come back, I want to kiss the ground. We are blessed. Amen? We are blessed. But you know what? We are blessed to be a blessing. And I love my country. But when I came back, I didn't want to come because of where I was where I was and what I was doing. I could have panicked. I did have some moments of panic. I'm not going to step in and say, I'm holy. I'm perfect. I'm not. pastor can tell you that. I've lived in fear. What's going to happen if they don't approve my visa status change? What happens if they say, hey, chick, <laughs> you've already been here six months. You get to wait till January. If they do that, then the grace of God will be upon me and Xanax, okay? I, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding about the Xanax. But you know what? Some of those thoughts come in. Man, what if they don't say it? What if they don't approve it? What if they go, you are not missionary material? Because see, I'm changing it from a tourist to a, vi- to a missionary visa. What happens uh, if I did? What happens if, well, maybe I didn't hear God correctly. See, that doubt comes in. I shouldn't have sold everything. I wonder if I could get my car back. You know? Johnny, can you get my car back? You know? Uh, Because you know what? For the first time when I drove into town a week ago, I had no home. Never been there. Never done that. I drove in. I went, "Mm." because when I left, I had no keys. No keys to an apartment, no keys to a car. Did I hear God right? Should I have sold everything and should I have gone? I could have been really ticked off at the guy who told me we could change it in country. And then I could probably go, what kind of God are you, God, that you'd have me do this and all of a sudden, oh, just teasing, and pull it back. If you're one of these people that play with your pets and go, don't let me see you do that. Okay? But sometimes we think that God is doing that in our lives. And, we, and I question the goodness of God. And then all of a sudden, then I go like this. I have this moment. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, 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 oh. What am I going to do? Where am I going to live? How am I going to make a living? What am I going to do? Now, I'm being transparent with you because this is the moment I'm in. I've had moments like that in the missionary apartment. But then this is what God does. I have to choose what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose what I'm going to think about. I'm going to choose to respond and not to react. I have chosen to believe the goodness of God and His character. The Word says in Psalm 119.68 that God is good and everything He does is good. 
That means even Lisa Campbell coming back to the States in July. That's good. So quit calling what's good bad. So I've had to say, I repent, I repent, I repent. First John 1 John 1.9 is my life verse. If you don't know that, you need to know that. Do you know that verse? If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I have to make the choice. I have chosen to believe that God is good. But also, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding, but on all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Now, one thing about me, if you know anything about me, I love to know the meaning of words. So very quickly, when we start looking at that verse, these are the words that jump out at me. Trust. What is trust? Trust means to depend upon completely. You know what? God's not changed. In my unexpected event and your unexpected event, God has not changed. Say that. God has not changed. Period. There is no question. It's not up for negotiation. God has not changed. He's the same faithful father as he was before the unexpected thing happened. He is good. He is faithful. He is loving. He's able to take care of this. Nothing is too difficult for him. He has not changed. And I can continue to trust him and depend upon him completely with nothing held back. That's what I did when I left, baby. I, all in, honey. All in. It's not like sitting on a chair just on the end. Baby, I'm fully reclined. Okay? That's what trust is. Relying on means that I can believe in him completely. He's there, he's faithful, and he's never failed me. And I'm not going to be the first one he failed. Because you know what? His character is faithfulness. I can lean on him. That means I can lean all my weight on him. He's my support. He's my strength. He's the one who put into motion all the things that led me to Monica Peru. And like he said, I got you. I got you, Lisa. And you know what? I know that I'm lighter than I was when I came, when I left here. I've lost some weight. But you know what? I still don't feel like a feather. You know, I'm always dreaming of, oh, who's that guy that's going to, oh, Pick me up in his arms. You know, I'm afraid if I do that, someone's going to have a major serious back injury. Okay? But you know what? I'm not too heavy for God to carry. Hello? And it's the same way with you. You can lean on him. You can be confident in him, meaning full conviction, no doubt, because of who he is, his character, his power, his glory. I can, without a doubt, be confident in him 100%, and that's encouraging to me. But I've got to guard against trying to lean on my own understanding. So I've got to do all this. I've got to trust. I've got to rely. I've got to lean on. I've got to be confident in but it's so easy to rest upon your own understanding when you're in the middle of the situation. But just remember, a godly friend of mine told me, do not rely on the reasoning of your mind. That's why we've got to be in the Word. That's why we've got to be in prayer. That's, got, that's why we've got to renew ourselves every day. Every day. Now, let's end with the disciples here. When Jesus woke up, they were not in a good place. They thought they were going to die. 
and they were in a full-fledged panic. Jesus got up, and he responded to their cries. He heard their fear. He knew what they were feeling. And you know what? Jesus has responded to my cries and your cries. He's heard my fear. He knows what I'm feeling, and he's heard yours too. He knows everything. Jesus spoke to the storm and said, be quiet, and immediately it became still. You see, that storm was not bigger than Jesus. Your storm is not bigger than Jesus. That storm was not going to stop Jesus from fulfilling God's or his Father's plan through him. That storm is temporary. It's a circumstance that is subject to change. And that storm had to obey Jesus. And you know what? The storm that I'm in and the storm that you're in, it's not bigger than Jesus. That storm's not going to stop me from fulfilling God's plans and purposes. That storm's temporary. It's a circumstance subject to change. That storm has to obey God. I'm going to... Visa, no big deal. And every day that goes by that I don't hear something because I'm right now waiting because what's going to happen is the, the church in Manaus, which is the big, I call it the mother church, the big church, uh, that's the one that's a cover. They are going to be, be my sponsoring organization in Brazil. And they have to send a letter and it has to go to Brasilia and then Brasilia will, will approve it in Jesus' name, amen, fast in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then I, my name gets put on a, a publication that's sent to the uh, Houston consulate. Then I take all my stuff, and then I go down there and do it. And so I'm waiting on it. And every day that goes by that I don't hear something, I have a choice. Panic or fear or faith. I'm choosing faith. And so I go, okay, Lord, maybe somebody's on vacation. You know, July's vacation month in Brazil. So maybe you're just waiting for that person to get back from vacation. Cool. Because I'm not going to be afraid. Because I don't want to have to answer the question when Jesus says, Hey, what are you afraid of? I'm going to say nothing, God, because you got it. Because you said, I got you. Okay? I have chosen to look at this situation in the light of God's word. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans for you, says the Lord, the plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He's told me, I got you. He told me in, in Hebrews 13, 5, he's never going to leave me or forsake me. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He has called me, so he's going to do it. He said in John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you that you should go and bear fruit. And that that fruit is going to remain. I'm claiming that school of a thousand kids. It's part of my fruit. Monica Peru, you're my fruit. And I'm going to be a part of it. So whatever you're afraid of, speak out of your mouth and declare the word of God. So where's your faith? If you're trusting in circumstances, don't do it. Because circumstances will change. Don't let your mind rule. Now, is it easy? No. But this is what I'm sure of. I have experienced the peace of God like I have never, ever before. It's uncanny. I feel like I'm schizoid. Because I'm looking at circumstances over here and then I'm experiencing peace over here. I'm like... You know, it's just amazing. 
How many of y'all have experienced the peace of God that way, that it's just beyond your comprehension? You're like, what? Am I like, am I like schizo? No. It's called the peace of God that transcends your understanding. Now, am I confident that he's in control of my situation? Yes, I am. Am I believing God to work in and through this situation? Yes, I am. I'm doing this on purpose, by the way. Am I trusting God in all of the details? Yes, I am. Do I believe that I will be back in Monica, Peru? Yes, I do. And I'm praying in the 1st of August. July would be cool, too. If he wants to do it in July, I'm fine. Do I know all the specific details? No, I don't. But I do know who knows all the details. Amen? God is God. No man can stop what I am going to do. So where are you? And I know I've gone a little long and I've kind of had a little fun with it, and I thank you. But let me tell you one thing, church. You're doing a good work in Monica Peru. Through your giving, through your prayers, you're touching people that are very precious in the eyes of God. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. But where are you today? Do you have an unexpected event that's kind of got your tail tied in a knot? Or are you walking in the incredible peace of God? God wants you to enter into the rest so that you can just crawl up there in the stern of the boat no matter what the wind's doing, no matter what the rain's doing, and you can sleep because you know that God is in control. Amen? Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it's, it's life to me. Father, you're continuing to show me every day the truths of this word. And I pray for my church family, for all of us here. But Lord, regardless of the unexpected events that are happening in our lives, that we would just choose to respond and not to react. That we, cho- we would choose to trust in you, to rely on you, to lean on you, to be confident in you, and not to be dependent upon circumstances. But Father, help us to get to that place where we just, we just say, I'm just going to hang out where Jesus is hanging out. And if you're at peace, I'm at peace. And so, Father, I thank you that you know where we are. And, Father, I thank you that most of all, you know where we're going. And I just pray for all of us to enter into your rest. Help us to have a sense that we know that you know what's going on. And so, Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. And I thank you for this church family. And I pray your blessings upon every family represented here. Lord, continue to use us for the glory of the kingdom. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.